0: So A recent survey found that 13,000 people who were interviewed, 60% of mums felt like they were failing, especially during the first year of motherhood. Many mums feel guilty because they can't live up to the standards of the perfection that society puts on us. Visions of the perfect mum are displayed in movies, magazines, on social media. They give us a long laundry list of all the things we need to do in order to be the perfect mum ourselves. And we lose ourselves struggling to check off every box that ever changes on that list. The truth is, there's no such thing as a perfect mum. It's a myth, a fantasy. Even those mums who we might perceive as being perfect are just as imperfect as you and I. These women have their own struggles, their own fears, their own failures. We just don't see the whole picture. Not only do we feel tremendous pressure to be perfect mothers, but we we feel pressured to have perfect kids. The world leads us to believe that if we are succeeding at being the perfect mother, our kids will turn out to be perfect kids who grow up to be valuable, contributing members of society. Your kids' values is not determined by how perfect of a mother they have, or how perfect they are. God has placed tremendous value on each life, independent of such criteria. Maybe I could get a show of hands of how many people think they're a perfect mum. (laughs) Thank you. Caden. yeah, you have a perfect mother. (laughs) Thank you, Les, you're a perfect mother. (laughs) So a few put their hands up as a joke, I'm sure. But in reality, we all struggle to live up to our own expectations, let alone society's expectations. Ultimately... For all of us, in all our different styles of parenting, the Bible is simple in its instructions to us as parents. Proverbs 26, 22, verse 6 says, Train up your children in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm going to invite Hayley to come back up. Um, she has had her fair share of challenges and been refined in her journey. Linda wrote a verse down for you. This is the verse I give to this mum is Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. And these words that I command to you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit at your house, in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lay down and when you rise. Our lives are a story, an open book for our children to read. When both we and they are ready. A story of God's prevailing love, his care and compassion. Please join with me as we welcome Hayley.
1: Um, Now, my husband came up a little while ago and set the bar a little high for me. So we're quite competitive. So I had to beat him and I decided to add animation to mine. So... Because I know how to use a computer, um, <laughs> but I can't read, click, and stand. So I'm going to get a seat. It's it's too many things. I can't. My brain will give up. So I, I was going to say I know. My amazingly perfect children probably make you think I'm the perfect mum but uh, I'm actually not and don't ask them, um, especially not this past week. (laughs) It's been a big one, it's been a big one. I've called it It Takes a Village, I'm sure you'll work it out, Um, so let me get started and try to remember how to use this clicky thing. Um, So for those of you who are parents, just have a ponder for a moment about what you thought parenting would look like and then compare it to what really happened. How much similarity is there between the two? I can admit my daydreaming version was a lot more tranquil now, so, yes, it's, uh, these are a few things that I just really um, connect with. Definitely that last one. My children seem to think that the time we're talking is the time they need to talk, although apparently I talk a lot, so maybe they just don't have time to talk.
0: <laughs>
1: um, now, I was the kid who daydreamed about being a mum. I played with dolls long after my friends stopped and I had plenty of little cousins and family friends that I just loved holding and playing with. Being a mum was just meant to be, right? Well, it turns out your life doesn't always play out the way you expected it. I mean, I live on a farm. <laughs> and if you all know, I grew up just outside of Geelong. It's not, it was not what I thought. Um, God blessed me with three chubby, hairy triplets albeit a few years apart. Their personalities are so different, yet each one of them loves me so fiercely and unconditionally, despite all my faults. However, when I remember what I used to think my life would, be, would turn out to be when I came to Krang as a single 21-year-old journalist, I can tell you I was not even near the mark of what actually eventuated. I was single for what felt like quite a long time, however while I had decided I knew what God had planned for me, to be single, he decided to tap on a certain young man's shoulders and tell him, wake up, I brought her three and a half hours north for you and five years later you still haven't done anything. So he did something and we got married. Suddenly this image I had of being a mum once again started to form. So by the end of 2011, I was pregnant, imagining this beautiful baby and how he or she and I would spend our days together. Yes, of course, I knew I'd be tired. It'd be hard. Sometimes the baby would cry. Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. But getting married and becoming a mum was all I had ever wanted, so I'd deal with the bad stuff, right? So in June 2012, Micah was born. From the start, I found feeding difficult and painful. It really did my head in and Micah wasn't too impressed either as he wasn't getting enough to fill his tummy. This did not make for a happy mum or happy baby. Unlike now, Micah was also a screamer. The second his eyes opened after each sleep, he just immediately screamed. Asleep, scream. One of the first things that indicated there was a bigger issue with me was when I woke up in the morning to my screaming baby and all I could think was no, no, do I have to do this all again? I did it yesterday. Now, anyone who knows anything about my life knows that I have had mental health issues, particularly anxiety, since I was a teenager, hence the seat, because my legs right now are... Um, So I'm pretty good at recognising the signs. When I started imagining leaving my child out on the footpath for someone else to take him, I knew it was time to talk to a doctor. So through counselling and medication and the amazing support of family, I got better. One of the big things I learnt at that time was to be in the moment. If everything is going well, enjoy that. Don't look ahead and worry, when is it going to turn bad again? And if things are going horrible and you just want to cry, do that. But again, don't look ahead. Don't assume this is how it will remain. We are told in Psalm 46.10 to be still and know that I am God. While we can take it as a command to just stop and rest, we can also take that a bit deeper. I read something on this verse from Crosswalk recently that it was written in a time of battle. The writer went on to say that it reminds us to stop fighting sometimes and then acknowledge who your God is. Be in awe. Being a mum can feel like a battle sometimes, is a battle sometimes, particularly with the more children you add. They certainly create a mini army. And I swear they're very good at (laughs) tag-teaming. But God says that sometimes we just need to stop and trust him. So as my mum's story continued along came, my darling daughter. There she is. The little baby that would cry out so quietly at night to be fed that my husband would have to wake me up, even though she was only a metre away. I am a deep sleeper, I will admit. I was so thankful. It wasn't a walk in a park, but this time I seemed to manage it. God had healed me from my previous experience And now I could move on and be the mum I always wanted to be, or not. It turns out, if you look at pretty much any part of the Bible, God doesn't give you one major trial in your life and then it's just free sailing. Turns out I had more to learn. So along came Darcy. (laughs) Darcy was my lesson in humility and unconditional love. Within days of Darcy being born, I had this feeling, this fear that followed me around. He was beautiful. Yet every time he cried, the fear bubbled up inside of me. I kept telling my family I was okay, not great, but okay. I'm not gonna go into the details. It was not pretty. But within a few weeks of Darcy's birth, I had a breakdown and ended up in Bendigo Hospital's mother and baby unit for mums dealing with postnatal depression and anxiety. The month I spent there was one of the hardest times of my life. I cried a lot. I prayed a lot. I asked God why he was doing this to me. Why wouldn't he heal me and let me back with my other children and to love this child that was in front of me? But God knew I had some stuff I needed to learn and I don't learn quickly. A big thing I learnt then was we we should not be alone. We should not rely on our own strength to get through difficult times. God has put a village around us for a reason. Our society seems to want to be focused on the individual more and more to look out for number one. Yet God says, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. We are not meant to be alone. God didn't just create Adam and leave it there. God himself is part of a trinity. And Romans 12.5 says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. And Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens. And that is what happened. I was not able to fully function for some time. My wonderful husband became mother and father to Darcy, while also gently encouraging me to spend more time with my son and find joy in him. God also put a fellow patient and two nurses who were believers right in that ward with me. When I got home, I had family and friends cook me meals. I had my parents and Brendan's parents who took over too many duties to mention. I had lots of people like Joy and Heather who knew I couldn't really handle a visit but would just send me text messages regularly filled with Bible verses and little reminders that I was loved. It took months. Slow, painful months until I was finally able to take on the complete role of being me again. Wife, mother, daughter, friend, but I did. And then I began to talk. You can't just disappear for a period of time without people noticing. So I told them the truth. And you could not guess the amount of mums... That told me they too had suffered postnatal depression and anxiety, and all these mums that had suffered alone because our society gives us this impression that we should just cope. We're made to be mums. We get given a deadline for the first month of the baby's life, everyone swoons around the new parents, and then one by one we forget to ask, How are you doing? Is she sleeping? Does he feed okay? Do you feel okay? Those questions shouldn't stop. And actually, they shouldn't just apply to parents, really. You can ask that of anyone. Probably not, are you feeding okay? But (laughs) you get the point. (laughs) In fact, my role in playgroup has allowed me to ask these questions a lot. And thankfully, a number of women have been honest with me because I have previously been honest with them about my journey. And they have told me, I'm struggling. I can't solve their problems. But I can tell them there is a way out. It can get better because I'm living proof of it. I tell them that God chose them to be that child's mum. And God does not make mistakes. And I say, I'll be here. I'll be part of your tribe. And I will pray for you. So whose village are you a part of? If you look around your community, who do you need to reach out to and include in your little tribe? And who are you asking help from? We are meant to fellowship together. We are meant to sorrow together. Hebrews 12.15 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. This is not a life to be done alone. If it was, we wouldn't all be sitting right here, right now. I have been given the title of mum. It is an honour to have that title. But I am not the only person in my children's lives that share the role with me, that love my children almost as much as I do. So today I give thanks for the women in my village who helped me raise these children and who, in turn, raised me up. Now, please know I am honouring the women today, but this all applies to the men too. Don't forget to check on the dads. And another vital thing in my life is prayer. In fact, prayer has been my weapon of choice over the years and I would say it's those two women up there that have taught me from a very young age to turn to prayer. The times I feel so broken that even the Bible is too heavy to open and that's when those text messages from people with short little Bible nuggets really come in handy. That is the time that all I can do is talk to God and cry out. Thankfully, prayer takes very little energy and it can be done hiding under the doona while making dinner or while taking the dog for a walk. So no matter what, don't stop talking to God and to others. And it doesn't have to be everyone but make sure there's some people in your life that you can be completely honest with. So after I finally fell in love with my little boy and returned to the life I had known, did everything just fall into place and life has been peachy? No. In fact, that's a whole other chat. But God has promised he has it sorted. I love this one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future, says Jeremiah 29.11. And do you note it doesn't say, for you know the plans you're, you're doing. No, he knows the plans, so I just have to trust that. And so it turns out, like the song Matilda and I just sang, He's not finished with me yet. Thank you.